You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. On today's episode, Influicity CEO John Davids talks with Carrie Kelly, VP of Integrated Marketing at Commvault. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you start off by giving us your first insight? Wow. Let's see. And thank you for having me, by the way. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Welcome. Uh, Let's see. My first insight is that demand generation and brand don't have to be two different things in the wonderful modern world of marketing that we live in. And that's such a refreshing thing to hear from a marketing executive because for so long, it's been a world where people have been very focused on demand gen and the KPIs that come along with that. And brand was sort of seen as a nice to have or a luxury. So why do you say that? Why is focusing on the brand as effective or one of the effective things to do versus going for that performance marketing? I mean, I think it can be all in one because at the end of the day, even if you, you know, performance marketing is definitely still a thing. We have to look at the metrics. We have to look at the conversion rates. We have to look at what is working and what isn't, but you're creating experiences no matter what for your audience and an experience relates back to the brand. So I think it's, And I don't know where the delineation happened over time, or I think just in a modern world of marketing, demand generation and lead generation and, you know, all the things we do to to build that quality pipeline and to help accelerate deals is all about the experience that we give a customer, whether it be digital, whether it be an event, whether it be, you know, an educational piece of content, whatever it is, it's, it's a brand experience and businesses, I think, need to take a moment and just remember that no matter what, when someone is experiencing a moment with you, your company, they're experiencing a moment with your brand. And it's a more of a, a holistic way of looking at it. The other side of it is that when you have a really strong brand, the performance actually works a lot better. People are much more likely to click on that ad or watch that video when they've heard of you versus if you're someone they've never come across before. 100%. And I think that's... It is something that I've seen or I'm seeing a lot of, uh, especially the smaller businesses, particularly this year, I think a lot of people have been preparing for, you know, we've got to trim down those budgets. We need to only focus on pipeline. And you do. I'm not saying that that is wrong. That is a, that is the right way to think. But it doesn't have to be at the sacrifice of of a brand experience. And what about... So when you're managing a marketing budget, do you have any sort of frameworks that you think about in terms of, here's what has to go into building our brand and here's what has to go into driving a certain number of clicks or a certain number of leads? Uh, Is that how you think about it? Or do do you take a different view? I mean, I think there are still elements to a brand side of an activation that is sometimes... It's not demand generation, which can still be a brand experience. So I do still look at it in the frame of what are the what are the bigger brand pieces like what events do we really need to show up where we're we're going to have a presence where it is going to be you know something that we look at and basically trim off the top of the budget and say we're not going to allocate this directly to a demand generation experience again usually that's like a big sponsorship in an event or something of that nature but in the end when I'm looking at what I need to do to generate pipeline it still is around creating really even even the idea of creating really meaningful high value content that we want the audience to engage with and actually get something out of 
I still look at it as a brand experience. So that's where it kind of comes to life. But I, I definitely, there is still a delineation between, you know, the big ticket brand events where you do have to kind of realize that it's, it's not direct ROI. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity. Since 2015, we've been building brand communities that drive revenue. First, we did it through influencers. Then we added podcasts. Today, we work with world-class brands to build, optimize, and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand. It's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it. Learn more at Influicity.com. You were talking before the mics heated up about how in the cybersecurity world of marketing, it's different. There are some unique factors because people maybe want to shake your hand and have dinner with you and talk to you face-to-face. Can you talk about that and how that might be a bit more unique from the other kind of you know online digital marketing we see all the time? Sure. So I mean, particularly in the world of cybersecurity, I think there is a really, really strong need to make sure that you are engaging with your buyers, with your audience, you know, the CISO in particular, face-to-face. They need to touch, taste, feel. They need to see you. They need to interact with you. And when I say you, I really mean there's a lot of you know, sales-driven activities, field marketing experiences where the account managers, the you know, even SEs, even the executive team needs to be out and looking you in the eye. They need to see the whites of your eyes to know that they're they're going into business with a company that they can trust, with a technology they can trust. I mean, I really actually think that digital, any form of digital in a cybersecurity marketing strategy plays more of a brand air cover role, even if you're going for demand. It really becomes more of an influence play as opposed to being out in the field and and driving those deals directly. And how does that affect the tone? Because we were talking about this earlier, the fact that even though you're selling a very serious product with serious real-world ramifications, it's not necessarily so serious. And the folks that are actually behind the scenes doing the work are not necessarily the most serious people. So can you talk about about what it's like to actually put some creative together for a cybersecurity marketing campaign? Sure. I love this. I have a story. I've been telling this for years because it was actually a study I did many years ago when I was at CA Technologies and working on privilege access management. So we did a study on the CISO in the social world. And this was years ago. So maybe things have changed, but I kind of doubt it. (laughs) But we found that in the social media study of a CISO, they really love anything. I mean, very high in military, or at least at the time that demographic was, you know, had a strong military background, which I think is still something fairly normal or fairly, uh, yeah, I think common among those professionals. Yeah, it's very fairly common. They also love anything fast, so anything airplanes. F one that was like the top thing that a CISO really loves is F one. So fast cars, having a really good time. And they really loved, this always got me, CISOs really love the Ramones. The band, <laughs> really you know, the band. <laughs> really random, but um, it was it's that kind of insight just to remind you, I mean, outside of work, there's still people and you can interact with them based on things that they like. I don't think that's just related to cybersecurity either, but I mean, they have a job that really demands a huge, I mean, massive time. It's, it's high stress. I mean, probably one of the highest stress jobs I'd say probably in the world, well, not in the world, but it's a very high stress, stress technology job. And, you know, if we're going to interact with them and try to connect with them, we should entertain them in the process. And it needs to be with things that they have fun with that makes them laugh and have a good time. 
It's so true. And I've often talked about that when you think about marketing to whether you're marketing to finance people or legal people or you know CEOs or whomever. I think marketers sometimes overlook the fact that they are also people. So it's like, yes, I am a lawyer from 9 to 5, but I also like playing baseball with my kids. And I also like going to you know Disneyland or whatever right. that is. And so what that means is that in your marketing, you can be in places where not it's not necessarily about the legal discussion, but you know that the lawyers are there. And so you just men- you mentioned it like right there, like the Ramones. Who would have known? And if you sponsor a Ramones concert or event, like boom, you're hitting your target. Right. I mean, entertain them, delight them. I mean, but you can do it with the right content and the right story behind it. You can put something together. And that's the fun, brilliant part of being a marketer is you're you are looking at real data and trying to understand an audience and then finding that creative connection to create those moments for them, whether it's educational or pure entertainment value or, you know, getting them to to realize that, you know, you're a trustworthy partner in the business. One more question about, about the industry in particular. I'd imagine that over the last three years, I mean, basically throughout the pandemic and after the pandemic, I would imagine that cybersecurity was much more of a conversation because people were working remote and massive amounts of data were you know, moving into the cloud and whatever and being digitized. Did that affect your market or, or how you thought about whatever, you know, acquisition marketing or, or demand generation or what your messaging should be? Yes and no. I think they're, you know, from a PR perspective, I mean, it definitely shaped the stories that we we told. And where we connected with the press and and just with the conversation at large. But holistically, no, it actually didn't change the way we marketed to our audience. Because no matter what world they were living in, they were still focused on preventing breaches and and, and protecting their their ecosystem. And so it was, I guess, the very top line conversations that could trigger a story. But in the end, the value propositions, the way we really marketed were the same. Yeah, I guess us regular people all of a sudden saw that in a much greater light. But to the folks that work in the industry, it's like, we've been doing this for years. This isn't anything new to us. Right, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, well, Carrie, thanks so much for joining today. This was awesome. That was fun. Quick and fun. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at Influicity.com.